Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Hey, this morning, I know that I am uh, joining you that you've been doing a series on experiencing God. And so what I want to do this morning is just give you a little bit of a window into a huge shift in my own world. And I want you to understand that this shift has happened in a a mature-aged follower of Jesus, a a, a leader of of an organisation, a Christian organisation, uh, I've been leading INC now for, for 12 years, senior pastor for many, many years, and yet there was something desperately disconnected in my world. And I don't mind being honest about that. In the last three years, due to burnout and living at an a unsustainable pace, uh, thinking I'm doing the kingdom of God a service, um, had to discover this. And so what I want to do this morning is just to give you a little bit of insight so that hopefully at, a, at where you're at, you can go, okay, I don't need to end up like Ross to actually experience God in a deeper way. And so this morning, I want to read to you from a story in the book of Luke chapter 10. And if you've been part of a faith community for any amount of time, you've probably heard this story before, but I want to kind of take a little bit of a twist on it. And the book of Luke, Luke, it's really cool because Luke is, he, he never uh, experienced Jesus firsthand. So he actually, as he wrote the book of Luke, was, he investigated Jesus. And so this is really Luke's writings after investigating and interviewing the people who did walk with Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you haven't quite been sold on a life with Christ, and there may be some good reasons why you don't subscribe to it. But just understand that I'm reading from a guy called Luke who also was a little bit dubious about, well, what does this actually mean to be a follower of Jesus? I'm going to interview those who knew him. And then Luke himself uh, discovered just how great God was. And so I want to read to you from his writings in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And it says this, now, as they, were, as they went on their way, this is talking about Jesus and the dirty dozen, his, his, his disciples. Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. So let's just stop there. On his way to Jerusalem, At the invitation of a homeowner called Martha, Jesus and his disciples are invited to a meal. Now, Jewish culture, it wasn't fairy bread. It wasn't just egg sandwiches. I mean, they knew how to put on a feast. And so Martha invites not Jesus, but Jesus and the 12 disciples to come over for lunch. I mean, that's a, you met 13 grown men arriving for lunch at your place today. And to understand just a little bit of context here, thus Martha, the Bible says, was distracted in the kitchen. I mean, she had huge pressure. She's about to entertain the Saviour of the world, someone who was going to give his life for humanity in her home. 
And I think sometimes some of the challenges we face, we disconnect from this is a story, not a fairy tale, but this is the real life account of what happened for people. And so if you were hosting Jesus today, most of us get stressed hosting one family. But if you're hosting Jesus and His disciples, but Martha goes over and beyond and she, her, her hospitality is one of the greatest attributes to any guest. And I think it's something today that we need more of. And so Jesus and His disciples turn up to Martha's house for lunch. And while Martha is in the kitchen, Mary, her sister, is in the lounge room, sitting at the feet of Jesus, soaking up the environment. Now, Jewish culture in that time, in New Testament times was, if a guest arrived at your home, and I'm sorry to say this ladies, but it was the role of a lady to be in the kitchen prepping for the guest. But Martha is in the kitchen, looking through the little pigeonhole into the lounge room, viewing her sister sitting on a butt at the feet of Jesus, looking into his eyes. And it kind of gives a little bit of feeling behind probably what Martha is feeling right now. And I wanna show you the distinction between a Mary person and a Martha person. And I want you to get this, this story and I've heard it preached so many times from the point of view that Mary is right and Martha is wrong. I wanna let you know this morning that the context of this story is not pick, uh, pointing out who's right and who's wrong. Both Mary and Martha are loved by Jesus. In actual fact, in the book of John, when it's talking about Jesus encountering uh, uh, Martha, Mary and Lazarus, it actually says uh, uh, Jesus met with Martha and her sister. Doesn't even give her name because Jesus loved Martha. And so understand this morning, this isn't about one person's life is correct and the other one is incorrect. This is just a comparison. And I think there's a lesson here that God wants to help us with in experiencing Him. So here we go. Mary worries a lot about relationship. That's why she's in the lounge room. Mary asks questions like, did I get my time with Jesus today? Did I sit at His feet? Did I listen? What did I learn? Was I humble? Was I teachable? Whereas Martha is more worried about her responsibilities. So Martha is at 10 o'clock, Jesus and the disciples are arriving. 10.05, we serve hors d'oeuvres. 10.15, the roast goes in the oven. She's thinking about the day ahead, making sure. And all while she wears her active wear. One's relationship, one's responsibility. Mary is all about a full heart. Jesus, teach me, pray for me, love me, serve me, encourage me, help me, fill my heart. Martha is all about a full schedule. She wants to know that everything from the moment Jesus and the disciples arrive to their farewell is going to be well planned, well mapped out and well organised. For those of you who are a little bit like, like, more like a Mary, you are probably more contemplative. You like and you gravitate towards those contemplative disciplines like silence and solitude and 
prayer and journaling and you love putting worship music on, you love worship, you get here on time for worship and you really give yourself to it. You're a really good listener if you're like a Mary. For those of you who are a little bit more like Martha, you're an active person. You like to do things. You're a driver, you're a doer. You're gonna gravitate, gravitate towards the spiritual disciplines like teaching and serving and healing and administrating, fighting for justice, getting things done. Mary is more word-based. She sits at the feet of Jesus, teach me the Bible, instruct me. I wanna grow in my relationship with the Word of God. Martha is works-based. I gotta do something. I gotta get up. I gotta make something happen. And so there is no right and there is no wrong. But I wanna say this, I get Martha. You know, they've done studies on populations when it comes to Mary and Martha. And they say statistically that 70% of a congregation like this morning will lean more in the direction of Martha. 30% will lean more in the direction of Mary. So I understand Martha. I like to do stuff. I actually think Mary is a moocher and a freeloader. (laughs) So to 30% of you this morning, I've lost you already. She's sitting in her sister's house while her sister is in the kitchen and she's just sitting at the feet of Jesus. That would frustrate me. I understand Martha. Martha, I feel your pain. I went to Bible college with a lot of Marys and I would say, hey, help me bring kids to youth. And they would say, no, we're staying at home interceding that kids will go to youth tonight. And I'd go, I don't need your prayer. I need your station wagon. Can we do something about this? I can think of, of, of you know, the, the, the amount of people I've met over the years. Oh, what do you do for a job? Well, I don't work. I just sit at home at the feet of Jesus, reading Scripture all day and God supplies my need. And I go, probably God and Centrelink or God and Mum or Dad or I don't know how it works. But So I understand what it's like for a Martha, but I also know a lot of Marthas and Toowoomba's full of burnt out Marthas. And you've been in a church environment and you've done, 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 done. And in the end, you just left exhausted, burnt out, empty, frustrated that the church didn't pick up on your vision. You've got a passion to feed homeless people. And this is what I love about the Marthas. We don't think the passion's just for us. We think everyone should subscribe to our passion. Why doesn't, Pastor Doug, why doesn't the church do more for whatever it is that's percolating in us? And if Toowoomba's anything like the Gold Coast, we get frustrated. So we go to the next church with our, with our Martha-isms, hoping that they'll pick up on our passions. And all over Australia, we've got burnt out people who don't wanna reconnect with church because they've, they've given their life to the, the mechanical, the machine called church because they're Marthas. They love to do, but they're just empty. And so I understand Martha. But here's the truth, behind every worshipping Mary, there's an exhausted Martha. And that Martha takes care of all the things that would prevent and dilute the focus from Jesus. And let's be honest, if there were no Marthas in the, in the house, who'd be looking after your kids this morning? I mean, we can love worship all we want, but if there are no Marthas in the house, there's gonna be no one to lead us. And I'm not projecting on all, all these people that they're all Marthas, but they're, they're, they're doers. But if the church is all Mary and no Martha, it'll be all worship and no structure. 
But if it's all Martha and no Mary, it'll be all work and no worship. And the word that I wanna unpack with you this morning is the word that the Bible uses to describe Martha because she invites Jesus and the crew into her home to host them for lunch. And the Bible says that Martha is distracted with many things. The word distracted means this, it means to be pulled or dragged away, to become overly distracted, quite busy or overburdened. I think most of us in this place can probably relate to that. Overburdened, distracted, overly distracted. I, I have kept most of my rec, re, uh, school report cards ever since primary school and I have them at home when I went to school in Townsville. And, and everyone says the same thing. Ross is a lovely student if he would just concentrate more. Ross is a lovely person, just gets distracted easily. And so this power of distraction to overburden us, to get us so busy and focused on things that probably need to be done, oftentimes in our world, allow us to get so tightly wound on the inside that we fail to see what is actually in our proximity right now. And three years ago for me, leading a local church, leading a denomination, I found myself in a place of high anxiety, depression and sadness. And one night sitting in my lounge room after Kathy seeing this in me for weeks and weeks and weeks leading up and knowing the staff I was leading, I was leading were, were avoiding me because they, they felt like they were walking on eggshells around me. And, and, and but so caught up in wanting to do stuff and do, 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 do. And one night sitting in my lounge room about to have dinner, I couldn't contain it anymore. And I said to my wife, I feel sad. And that statement, three words, I feel sad, opened up a doorway for me that over the last three years has helped me to experience God in a way that I've never experienced before. And here's the deal for us today, that we can, and my life has been full of meeting moments where I've met with God. I can think of so many youth camps where God's touched my life. I can think of so many moments at conferences and, and my own personal walk with Christ where I felt that, that the presence of God and felt met by God. But not all of those things have actually transformed me. And one of our challenges is that in church environment, we are so good at staying in the shallows. We're so good at having a few songs and a little bit of fellowship afterwards, a bit of a high five. We can often look like a cocktail party for successful people. And we come and talk and say hi to one another, but what's really going on inside of us never meets with God. And that's the way I was feeling so driven and so important, jumping on a plane to go here, to do that, to resolve this issue, teaching people, preaching to people about the necessity for a relationship with God. And yet in my own personal world, I was highly strung, I was stressed, I was depressed and I was downright sad. 
And so this morning, what I wanna do is just give you one little insight into what made a difference for me. And hopefully today you can take this away and maybe work it into your world. In verse 40 of Luke chapter 10, this is what Martha says to Jesus. If you can imagine this, she went up to Him. Now remember, He's in a room with all of His disciples. She went up to Him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Tell her. Do you not care are the words that I hear constantly coming from a person whose inner world is out of control. Who's somewhere in our world, we're still doing the Christian thing. I'm not doubting that. But we have fallen into a space where we're doubting God's concern for us. It's a little bit like if you do get to fly, we become so familiar with the safety talk that the host or the attendants give us. You know, anyone, you know, you know, welcome to such and such a flight, you know, as we taxi out, please make sure your seatbelt's on and oxygen masks and, and uh, uh, life vests are underneath the seat in front of you, unless of course you're in business class. And we get so familiar that most people, you look around on a plane, most people aren't listening. But the moment that plane hits turbulence, what do they start doing? Oh, where, where did you say that life jacket was? I mean, it's one thing to look at a, a, an attendant you know, when the plane's smoothly flying and they're all happy. But when you hit turbulence and you see the flight attendant buckle her seatbelt and she's drinking all the alcohol in the mini cart, that's when you get worried. But we're like that. While things are going good, we're like, oh, everything's fine. But the moment we hit turbulence in our life, if you're like me, my attitude is, God, don't you care? Don't you care that I've prayed and prayed and prayed and I'm still single? Don't you care that I've prayed and prayed and prayed and I'm still married? <laughs> Don't you care that my body is broken and bruised and I've, I've believed for healing and it hasn't happened? Don't you care that I'm depressed and you promise through Psalms that, that you are my hope and my rock? But don't you care? And this is common language. It's not to make us wrong, but when people, good Christ-following people, are caught up in a distracted world. That's normally our language, don't you care? And so Martha comes up to Jesus, don't you care that all this is going on? And I love the response of Jesus in verse 41. He says this, but the Lord answered her, and, and, and read this as if Jesus is smiling. Okay, not, not a smile. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Jesus didn't scold Martha. He wasn't saying, hey, Mary, your sister, She's the right person, you're the wrong person. All she's saying is, Martha, I love who you are, but there's one little twist that I want you to get. And I wanna give it to you right now, and it's this. We need to know how to pay attention to our inner space and our outer pace. When you and I wanna experience God, 
not in the way we always have, but in something that is going to be transformative in your life. I'm tired of being part of faith communities where we are not changing, where we're stuck in the same stuff we've been stuck in for years. Folks, we follow a Saviour that gave His life so that you and I would know what real life is. And for us to experience God in a new measure, let me challenge us this morning. Be aware, pay attention to your inner space and your outer pace. Why do I say that? Simply this, one of the reasons we struggle to grow deeper with God is because we are so unaware of anxiety's grip. Fear and anxiety competes for the space in which God wants to reside. So your inner world, where all this distraction, all this anxiety that Scripture talks about for, for Martha is where God's presence wants to reside. And for me, leading a denomination of churches, knowing that my inner world wasn't filled with a peace and a connection with God, it was filled with anxiety and it was filled with fear. Fear about a future. And that's the script that anxiety will wanna give you. It'll tell you that you have a future without God and it maximises whatever's going wrong and it minimises God's care for you. It makes you think I've got to control this by myself. Anxiety thinks too little about God, but it also minimises how much God thinks about us. And Martha has got the Saviour of the world in her lounge room. And the Bible says she's distracted with anxiety in the kitchen. Nothing good develops in an atmosphere of anxiety. French philosopher and mathematician Blas Pascal observed this. He said, most of our human problems come because we don't know how to sit still in our room for an hour. In the book of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Peter wrote this, casting all of our anxieties on Him, on Jesus, because He cares for you. Luke chapter 10 isn't about an education in how Jesus loved Mary more than Martha. I've heard that preached so many times, it is so wrong. Because it makes, if you're a Martha, feel wrong. But as I said, without Martha, nothing's gonna open, nothing's gonna happen. This is simply about you and I understanding that when we fail to take time to allow our inner space to be stilled enough to connect with God, we miss what we will need to do the work of a Martha. And our work then, this is why we have a burnout culture in churches and why people have that language, ah, oh, the church burnt me out. The church does not burn you out, you, <clears throat> you burn you out. Sorry, it's puberty. It happens to all of us at some time. The church doesn't burn out anyone. We burn ourselves out because we are giving out of a nothing that we possess. And you can't love people genuinely. You can't be present with people when your inner world is full of anxiety and fear. You can't, if you are married, you can't be present with your spouse 
If you're sitting there fidgeting, worried all the time about your kids, worried about does your spouse love me, worried about your job, worried about our self-esteem and, and the way we feel ashamed about stuff, it will exhaust you. And Jesus looks to Martha and says, Mary has done this one thing and I'm not gonna stop her from doing it. She was able to still herself long enough to experience Jesus. And my hope for us this morning, in our busy schedule, this is not telling you to get a calendar and prioritise your life. Some of you come from extremely busy worlds. I am not attacking that. All I'm saying is before you do your work, take some time just to be with Jesus. And taking your time to be with Jesus doesn't mean you've got to have a keyboard player in the background who comes in at the perfect moment. Because somehow we think, unless there's this in the background, I can't meet with God. You know what it is for me? And I, because I wrestled with this, because so many people go, oh, I love worship. I'm not a great worshipper. Like, honestly, if I can, just don't tell anyone, I'll just be transparent with you. I, I could, I could, I listen to a bit of worship music, but very minimal. I like 80s music personally. <laughs> so don't feel this morning that you've suddenly got to go home and put on the latest Bethel album. And unless you're dancing around the room with a ribbon, then you're not really. You know what I do? I, I, I got a little uh, coffee plunger. That's my go-to in the morning. Put my coffee in there, boil the jug, pour it up. I have 10 minutes on my watch. I set my 10 minute stopwatch because I can't be quiet for much longer than that. And I go sit in a chair or sit outside and stare at my horses, whatever it might be. And just for 10 minutes, I just go, okay. I'm not gonna look at my phone. I don't wanna get the email first thing in the morning or the text message. I certainly don't wanna look at Instagram. 10 minutes while my coffee is brewing, just to be still enough. Before I get into my Bible reading program, which in itself can be sometimes a rod on our back because we gotta read all these chapters every day, otherwise we fall behind them, we feel guilty and give up. And Before I do all of that, 10 minutes, just to be. And I sit in a chair and allow myself to be still enough to say, God, I'm Yours. How do you wanna use me today? How do you wanna love me today? What do you wanna do through me today, with me? Then after 10 minutes, my watch buzzes and I go, thank you, Lord. Go pour my coffee. One of the most valuable lessons for a denominational leader was just before you do your work, learn what it is to be with Christ. And I'm gonna tell you folks that more transformation has happened, not just in those 10 minutes of silence, I'm not saying that, but what it has caused and how it has changed me then I think in most of my life, more change has happened.
Because I know this, if Martha had have dropped her tea towel and gone and sat at the feet of Jesus, she still would have been so busy in her head and her heart, she wouldn't have enjoyed it. So if I can encourage you this morning, wherever that is for you, mornings may not work, finding time to say, I'm gonna still my inner space, I'm gonna slow my outer pace, and I'm gonna allow God just to love me. The Archbishop of Canterbury is like closed, Justin Welby. He was asked by a reporter once what he thought the greatest challenge facing Christians was. And his answer was so profound. He said, almost every Christian I know struggles understanding that they are deeply loved by God. So you think about that, if that's correct, that means for most of us here this morning, we know it, but we may not believe it for us. I know Doug is loved by God, but do I know that Ross is loved by God? Imagine what it'd be like in your day to start your day with a fresh understanding that God loves me. for who I am, with all of my faults, all of my shortcomings, God loves me. And from that place of worship, it empowers your work. This morning as we close, I wanna take an opportunity because I know like in the first service, there are people here this morning and you don't have a relationship with God, but you are one decision away from entering a relationship that will literally change the trajectory of your life. No one here this morning is far from God. No one. Even if you don't feel like you've got a relationship with, with God, you are not far away. It's one decision. And maybe that decision this morning isn't to follow Jesus, but maybe it's a decision just to know more about Him. Maybe you want more information. That's okay. We've got some people who are trained in this space to help you just understand this is what it looks like to become a follower of Christ. But I really feel this morning that there are some people here and that decision is yours to make today. And so what I would love to invite you to do is just close your eyes right across this place this morning. And I'm going to ask, if you're here today and you say, hey Ross, I do want to begin this journey. I want to know more about Jesus. Or maybe you're saying, hey, I'm ready to make a commitment to follow Christ. Either way, while eyes are closed, and if that's you, wherever you're seated, I'd love to, you to put your hand up high in the air and go, hey, Ross, that's me this morning. I, I want to know more about Jesus this morning. I want to know more about what God has planned for my life. Thank you so much. Over this to the left-hand side, you can put your hand down. Who else is there this morning? You wanna join that person this morning and say, hey, that's me. I wanna know more about Jesus this morning. I wanna start this journey. Right where you are, as I look across, just lift up your hand high and go, hey, Ross, that's me. That's, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to know about following Christ, what it will mean for me, my singleness, my marriage, my, my uh, career, my calling, whatever it might be this morning, just lift your hand up high and go, hey, that's me this morning. Last time as I look across, before we pray together, 
I just feel there's one more person. You are so close. You are right on the cusp. It's almost like when I said last time you were going off, thank goodness for that. Because if I took any longer, you may find your hand going up in the air. But I just want to wait for another few seconds for you because you are so important to God and to us. In this moment, you are so close to a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'll take a moment, just slip your hand up in the air and go, hey, that's me this morning, Ross. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to know more about Him today. Wonderful. Let me pray for you all this morning. Father, in this place, I thank You. Lord, I thank You for the inner space and outer pace for each and every one of us. You know where we're at, Lord. And I pray today that the transformative journey that You want to take each and every one of us on, Lord, I pray that we would subscribe to this journey. Lord, that we would be willing enough to look at our own inner world and outer world and be open and honest enough to know where we need to experience the deep transformative love of Christ. So Father, I thank You and I pray, Jesus, for all the Marthas and all the Marys in this place. Father, I pray such a deep understanding of how loved we are the way we are in Your wonderful Name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.